Thank you so much for listening to Pastor Cedric of Commitment Church. Our hope is to inspire, refresh, and encourage you to be lights in a dark world. If you do find this message inspiring or motivational, please follow Pastor Cedric or Commitment Church on Facebook and Instagram. Download our podcast on Anchor.fm, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and other platforms. Uh, if you didn't know, I've been away for a month. <laughs> if you haven't been away a month, you wouldn't know I was away a month. <laughs> yeah, both Lisa and I, uh, traditionally, we try to take a, a good time, chunk of time away because, you know, we just carry a lot um, at least 11 months out of the year. So it's just a discipline of rest that we try to uh, capture, but then also um, in 2019 became the district superintendent of the EFCA um, uh, East, and then 2020 jumped off, and it was like, you know, so all the rhythm was broken. So we were like, hey, we got to get out of Dodge. Love y'all, but we <laughs> love y'all, but if you want us to keep loving you, please let us go. <laughs> So thank you for all the pastors, uh, Pastor Ken, Pastor Mike, Pastor uh, Jose, Pastor Juan as well, uh, and holding down the fort, and I'm sure they did a wonderful job. So thank you so much. Proud of all of you. Uh, just before we get into our, our message, which I'm so excited about, I want to encourage you that um, this Tuesday, which is once a month, every first Tuesday, we have a night of intercession, all right? And that's from 7 to 8 p.m., uh, we're going to be in the church uh, sanctuary. We can do some social distancing if that's concerned. Wear your mask if you like. But we will also have it online. But want to start doing some combination person and live uh, and online. But we need to continue to pray. We, we God is doing some amazing things and uh, we have an enemy. OK, and <laughs> we need to we need to fight in the spirit and uh, intercessions a time that we really go in on God, go in. I said going on God, but uh, pursue God and, and go in on the enemy uh, to to really uh, see God do some marvelous and amazing things that that's really on his heart to do, you know, but I believe we have to pray it through. So that's every first Tuesday. So that's this Tuesday at 7 p.m. But then secondly, uh, does anybody know what November 20th is? I need y'all to sign up. I. Uh, Y- y'all, y'all have um, uh, Mandy, Amanda, and uh, Marisol panicking, all right? <laughs> all right, they ha- they've been doing a lot of, lot of heavy lifting, and, and November's around the corner, and they need to start getting some head counts. So please go to commitment25thenumber.com, and you can uh, pay for your tickets there. And Lisa and I just went shopping for her amazing dress, all right. And she looking good. Just just for the record. <laughs> I was like, I, I take that one. <laughs> so, yeah. So just, you know, guys, have some fun with your wives as well. You know, go out and and, and shop with her so she can uh, look amazing, more amazing because she's already amazing than, than she is. And ladies, if you're if you're by yourself, you know, it's OK. Go out with some other ladies. Have a good time and and make a make a big deal out of it. This is a Big deal, 25 years, 25 years of commitment, and we want to celebrate it together, okay? Uh, so we're going to have some good food, good memories. What, actually, one of our founders of our church, Chimp Simmons, called me up, and he already booked, he, he already booked his ticket. He's going to be here, and hopefully you can meet some other people that help start Commitment Community Church uh, on that day as well. Amen? So uh, before we pray again, one last point. You know, every now and then what God does, at least to me, is allow me the privilege to be able to, in the moment of preaching a sermon series, be living what I'm preaching. All right. Now, I'm not saying that I don't live or have lived or uh, speak with confidence that whatever I've been teaching, it's a part of me. But there's times that even if it's a part of you, he wants you to be feeling it in the moment and it's so amazing when I got back after resting I'm like dang I need some more rest you know because it's like what in the world happened when I was away (laughs) you know so so uh it's like God to a point that I was up about 1 30 and it happens in you know very frequently that God just wakes me up and I'm just with him 
you know, spending time with him in tears. And he says, simply says, I need you to be feeling this while you're teaching this. I personally believe it's because there's a lot of people who are feeling this <laughs> while I'm teaching this. <laughs> and I had to feel it right along with you. Is it making sense? You feel me? No pun intended. You know, and because we've all been through so much, the church in general, the world in general has been and is going through so much. And I believe uh, just God would have it is to say, I need you to teach this. Um, and then I want you to be in this yourself because my people are also in this and I want you to be in it with them so can we pray and just believe that God's going to give us his supernatural rest you, you want rest anybody need some rest okay and, and when we get into this topic you're going to realize that you may say no I don't, need, I don't need I don't need any rest I just got on vacation you know I'm good but you're gonna realize how much you still need rest in the midst of thinking that you already rested and, and that's the amazing thing about our walk with Christ here on this earth while we're still encased in this flesh. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the awesome opportunity to be here in your presence and to learn from you and to be inspired by the authority of your word. I pray now that you would just help me uh, help your people, those who are here with me and even those who are watching online, that God, that you will move in our hearts in a way that only you can to teach us what you can only teach us to move us uh, in a way that only you can move us through the powerful and the most precious name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. So uh, the setting of this sermon series, if you would, you can uh, look back historically when Matthew was writing the book, if we're going to be in a book of Matthew, chapter 11. And um, you had such tension social tension and religious tension during that time. In other words, it was as though the kingdom of this earth and the kingdom not of this world, heaven, were colliding in some way and intersecting. In other words, uh, the, chil uh, the children of God, the Hebrew people and are the Jews, were looking for some form of a king to rule and to reign and pretty much make things better for us. Sound familiar? <laughs> but yet God had an alternative plan as he still do, does today to send his son to intervene and to ultimately establish his kingdom upon this earth and you cannot establish the king, kingdom upon this earth without first establishing his kingdom within the hearts of the people who exist and make up the earth make sense so far so the challenge was this, is that you then had these religious rulers, which we still do today, called Pharisees and Sadducees. <laughs> uh, that's just a side note. People, some people say they're sad, you see. You know, Sadducees. Uh, the they, the Sadduc Pharisees and Sadducees was doing a couple of things. They were attempting to enforce and or implement these heavenly kingdom principles in the lives of people and also temple practices in the lives of people um, to inevitably draw them closer to the king of the kingdom. But the problem was this. They didn't know the king themselves, nor did they accept the king themselves, nor could you give kingdom principles without first introducing a person to whom? The king. So, so again, you had this total chaos that was going on. And this, therefore, there began to be this tension to say, well, you have to accomplish these enormous religious feats without failure. Well, you know, and I do, totally impossible. Right? But in this, it's interesting because it eventually caused the people to grow weary. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Weary and heavy laden. And in, in light of this, the king of the kingdom, Jesus, is now coming and suggesting that he didn't come to, to abolish the law, 
to say, if you would, hey, you guys are wrong in what you're communicating, but it's how you, if you were communicating it and how you're trying to institute it. He says, but ultimately, I came to fulfill it. Matthew chapter five, verse 17. So he didn't come to say, oh, guys, you know, you know what you're teaching them is wrong. It's how you teaching them is wrong, if you will. And who you're teaching them to serve is wrong. So that being said, Jesus began to proclaim that, no, guess what? The temples are not made with hands. The temples are now you. And these practices and principles associated with the te earthly temple is actually meant for temples that are not made by hand so the God of the temple can exist in the hearts of the people on the inside. Furthermore, what Jesus was doing was trying to help the people to avoid these ongoing pressures and burdens not to get it to, you know, the burden of getting it right all the time, getting it right all the time. And for anybody is going to cause weight and burden on anyone. But on the other hand, what Jesus was trying to establish is this, is that everyone ultimately need to have this kingdom encounter with Jesus. That no matter who you are, what you know, how you've been doing it thus far, you need a personal kingdom encounter with Jesus. In other words, that his kingdom will come and his will will be done and rule and reign in your hearts both now and forevermore. The same is true today. Still have tensions. There's still this potentially this religious spirits that that float around, if you would, are active within the body of Christ, uh, trying to make us do kingdom things. But yet. Do I really know the king of the kingdom? And what you're going to find out is the king of the kingdom is not applying pressure. It's the people who are not following the kingdom principles and also the king that applies the pressure upon people and causes this heaviness. And, and therefore, we even cause it and put it on ourselves. Matthew 28, 11, 28 says, come to me, all who are weary, heavy laden. And I will possibly give you rest. No, he says, I will give you rest. So this word rest that we're going to be diving in in this series is actually from two Greek words. The first Greek word is anopau, anopau, which means to cause or permit one to cease from any movement or labor. They, here are two key words. To cause you <laughs> or permit you to cease from any movement or labor to, or let me say it this way, to make you or allow you to cease from any movement or labor in order to recover and collect his strength to refresh, to keep you quiet <laughs> of calm and patient expectation. So in other words, Things are still moving while you're keeping silent and keeping, and keeping still. Second definition is from another Greek word similar, which is uh, anopausis, which means to create, or re to, pardon me, to recreate, and there's this inward tranquility. This is so cool, and this is what a lot of people have to grab a hold to. An inward tranquility while... One performs the necessary labors. So can you imagine this? Everybody leaves this sermon series and say, hey, well, pastor said we need to rest. <laughs> then nothing gets done. <laughs> you go home to your wife. Hey, pastor said rest. You know, you know, parents, your kids call us, say, come home and say, hey, listen, pastor said rest. Mom, I'm not doing any labors. This is my rest. I have a seven day Sabbath, you know. <laughs> Absolutely not. The world will cease to exist. Ministry will stop. The gospel will not go forward. 
but a person must get to a point that they are resting while working. But yes, a person does need to just shut it down intentionally. Or he'll shut you down intentionally. Make sense? For the record, God shut down one day. Just saying. <laughs> and he's all powerful, all knowing. He, he, he doesn't need rest. And he rested ultimately to model to us that we should do what? Make sense? All right. So is this making sense so far? All right, cool. Let's go get into the lesson. All right. So if you could, if you haven't already, open to Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. And it's going to be a very short uh, part of the text that we're going to be dwelling in. And there's some other peripheral texts. All right. So Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30 says this. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That immaterial part of man, and next week we're going to get deeper into what the soul is and etc. but that's that immaterial part of man, who you really are, okay? And verse 30 says this, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, before we get deeper, what again, what is this rest? I gave you the definition, but I want to also give you like three ex biblical examples of rest. Now, again, we're not talking about the rest that's eternal, okay? But we're talking about rest as you live life. Make sense? All right, so the first is this. He gives us this type of rest through permission. Through permission, Jesus stated in Mark 7, verse 30 and 30, 30 through 32, he says, come away by yourselves. Come away. And just to let you know, he frequently came away himself. So he gives you permission to just stop. <laughs> but the problem is we don't do what? We don't accept the permission. And we just go, 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 go until we can't go anymore. And then we all self-destruct. Marriage fall apart. Everybody get mad at each other because you haven't taken the permission to do what? Take a Sabbath. He also gives us this rest through others. Paul said in Philemon, short book of the Bible, please read it. It had a, a dealt with a relationship between three people, Paul, Philemon, and Opnissimus. Okay, and Paul says this to Philemon. He said this in verse seven. Let me benefit from you. He also said in verse 20, come refresh my heart. You see, here's the reality. There's some people that will just suck you dry. <laughs> now, it doesn't mean that you should avoid them all the time. <laughs> Because how do you minister to them and they have life? You follow me? But you need people that you can say, hey, can I benefit from you? Can I just be around you and just be rest, find rest with you? There's no agenda. You follow me? I just like being with you. We're not talking about this, talking about, and you know, what this ain't happened, this ain't happening, this ain't happening, who ain't doing this? And I just with you and I find rest for my soul. If you don't have friends like that, I feel sorry for you, first of all. <laughs> Secondly, you need to come around the body of Christ and find people that you can rest with. Does that make sense? And the third one, which we're going to focus on, is this, is that he gives us rest through himself. Through himself. Right? Because here's the deal. There's going to be times that we don't take the permission to rest. And there's going to be time that you just don't have a time to be around people to refresh you. And by George, you better find yourself at least with Jesus. To find rest. Because there will be seasons that, yes, 
God will have you serving and pouring out and pouring out and pouring out and no one's pouring in. And you're like, oh, God, where's my help? Right. And that's the reality. Your help is Jesus. Just for the record. The other opportunities is just cherries on top, whipped cream, you know, on the Sunday. Jesus is where you find rest. Amen? Let's dive into uh, the next part of this. Is that, why then do we need this rest? I think that's a fundamental question that we have to work through. Uh, because I think a lot of times we can go through times in our lives that we don't think we need rest. But we do. And, and especially if you're a type of person that you, you, you like what you do, especially. If you like what you do and you just love people, you can find yourself like I do. You'd be like, dang, I'm, I'm like tired. Once I sit still, it's like, I'm really tired. You, you know, and you don't even know you're tired because you just fully engulfed in what you do and you really appreciate what you do and you doesn't mean it's perfect all the time but you you're fulfilled in what you do you follow me and you can get so caught up caught up caught up caught up you self-destruct and you know you know you don't even know you need rest so the question is why do we need rest right well Matthew 11 verse 28 gives us the answer there's two reasons why the first part of verse 28 says this life ultimately can get weary Life can get weary. This word weary means this, to be fatigued, tired, exhausted, sounds like life, to be worn out both physically and emotionally. I'm sure there's some moms in here who feel like quitting every now and then, right? Some wives feel like throwing in the towel, but like, hey, I am so tired of saying the same thing, right? I mean, Ministry leaders, the same thing that, listen, people are people. Listen, we're all sheep in the pasture and sheep are a little complex. And you can become physically and emotionally exhausted. Sometimes one of the two, sometimes both of the two. You need rest because you grow weary. Weary as we're serving under duress, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10 through 13. It says this, we are fools for Christ's sake, but you are prudent in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished, but we are without honor. So think about this. This is Paul serving the church at Corinth. He's like saying, hey, we're fools, but you're not. Everything's going bad for me, but everything's going good for you. You ever feel like ministry is like that? It's like, dang, I can't catch a break. So he goes on to say, to this present hour, we're both hungry and thirsty and are poorly clothed and are roughly treated and are homeless. And we toil working with our hands when we are reviled, we bless and we are persecuted, we endure. When we are slandered, we try to consolate. We have become as scum of the earth, the dregs of all things, even until now. It's like, dang, why do I even want to do ministry, Right. In other words, I think Paul is communicating, dang, folks, I'm just tired. I'm worn down. You see, we get weary working hard while teaching and preaching. First uh, Timothy chapter 5 and 17, you can read that later. It talks about that. Become well, weary because of grief. Anybody grieving or have grieving? Listen, Psalm 119 verse uh, 28 says this, my soul weeps because of grief. Listen, uh, some of you may not know this, but you can even grow weary while trying to make wealth. That's why Proverbs 23 verse 4 says this. Do not weary yourself to gain wealth. Cease from your consideration of it. We get weary of doing good. You ever get weary of doing good? It's like, why am I the only one who always have to do the right thing? Can I just curse you out, you know? <laughs> no, you never think that way. No, you never. <laughs> why do I always have to say the right thing? They, they could just say whatever they want, right? <laughs> why do you just get, you know, get away with murder? And I can, 
I have to be the one self-control, right? <laughs> we get weary of doing good. That's why Galatians 6, 9 says this, let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we not grow weary. And you're going to continue to be weary if you do not find your rest in who? Christ. Back to Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Life can get heavy, not only weary, but also it can get heavy. The word heavy laden means this, to place a burden upon, to be overloaded. Now, see, think about this. Don't just think burden because things are bad. Don't think overloaded because things are bad, right? Some of you may be starting your own business and you've been saying, hey, I can't wait for it to start taking off, start taking off. And guess what happened? You up at night, stressed out, growing heavy because good things are happening. Matter of fact, God is answering your prayers. Make sense? But listen, you can't go to him for rest to ask him to bless the business and then leave from him to think that you're going to be okay once he pour out the blessing upon you. Make sense? So it's super important to realize that, no, there's going to be burdens that occur. You're going to be heavy. There's going to be times you're going to just be feeling overloaded, over, you know, over, uh, you know, I guess you could say over it, <laughs> you know. But, but what do you do? You find Jesus. You see, we need it. You see, it's heavy. We become heavy because we're brokenhearted sometimes. And Psalm 69 verse 20 says this, Reproach has broken my heart, and I am so sick. And I looked for sympathy, but there was none. And for comforters, but I found none. Ever been there? Heavy because of anxiety. Proverbs 12 verse 25 says this, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him or weighs it down. Heavy because of pain and grief again. Proverbs 14 verse 13 says, even in laughter the heart may be in pain and the end of joy may be grief. You ever wonder why historically you see a lot of comedians commit suicide? You ever have a friend, or maybe this is you, that you're the life of the party, laughing, joking, but then when the rubber meets the road, right, something really jumps off, you realize how sad that person really is on the inside? My, my humble opinion is that whenever I or anyone has to do too much of something, you're really covering up something. It's kind of like people who always walk around quoting Bible verses. What I think is that you're just trying to remind yourself. That's what you're doing. It's like every, everything you say is like this chapter, this verse, this chapter, this verse. It's like, are you trying to work on Bible memory or something? Again, I'm not about, listen, I, I definitely live by, communicate, articulate the scriptures. But then there's sometimes... It's like, bro, I'm just talking to you. I'm just being your brother. Can you just like, you know, be Jesus right now? You know, have some fish with me, you know? Sit around a campfire with me? And I say that because we, the human tendency is, is to, uh, it's, again, it's almost like this. If you, are, if you are running out of money in your bank account, chances are what are you, what's going to happen? If, if you have any work ethics, chances are you're going to work more to do what? Fix the account. Right? Or it's like this. If you're a parent and you just caught your child in the lie, and you have that child who just, just keeps talking, keeps talking, keeps talking, keeps talking. It's like, come on now. You know you're lying. Why are you trying to cover it up? Right? Or, you know, you're married. And, and, and your spouse is just fumbling and bumbling over the words because they know they're wrong. 
It's just a cover-up. And, and that's the tendency that we have is that many times we're heavy and burdened down and we go shopping. We buy toys. That, that's, our, that's our outlet to, to remove the burden, to remove the heaviness. But all along, we should be run to whom? Jesus. So if, so think about this. If the tendency is to be exorbitant in anything or anyone. So for instance, if you are on edge because your friend's not calling you back. Well, I need to talk to him. I need to spend time with him. Well, you may be thinking, well, if I need to talk, if I am with them, then I will feel better. You, you hear what I'm saying? If I have this, I feel better. If I can go there, I feel better. So really what we're saying is there's something I'm overloaded with, and I just got to hang out with my girlfriends. You know, I just need to go have a glass of wine with my girlfriends. Oh, I just need to go. We just go out and dance with my girlfriends. Oh, I just need to. Ah, do you really? Are, really are, are you really saying that there's something wrong with you that only Jesus can fix? We all need rest. All of us. So what are some of the benefits to rest? And we're going to end with answering this question twice. What are some of the benefits to rest? Matthew chapter 11, verse 30 again says this, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. His rest makes life easy. He doesn't remove you from life. But his rest makes life easy. The word easy means it's profitable. Think about that for a minute. Have you ever been so burdened, so heavy laden, so weary, and you just think that nothing's adding up to nothing? It's like, why am I even going to work? Why am I even talking to that person? Why am I even doing this? Why am I, why? It just, it's not adding, it's not profit. That's what you're saying, it's not profitable. This relationship is not profitable because you're making me weary. So, but when you find yourself yoked up with Christ, things begin to become easier, more profitable. The word also goes on to be defined as Good for any use to furnish what is needed. So imagine this, that if you're in a situation, it is having you on overload. When you are with Jesus, it begins to become profitable. It begins to be good for use, any use. It begins to become something that furnishes you What's needed? Have you ever been in that situation before that if once you concede and yoke up with Jesus, you realize, dang, this, this relationship that I thought was so overloaded and so wearying, you know, uh, weary and, and heavy laden that actually it's become useful to me. Case in point, Paul and John Mark. Bro, we're out in the missions field and you abandon me, you just leave me in the lurch, I just think you're, you're useless to me. You have become burdensome to me. You're an overload. Matter of fact, you need to go home and be with your cousin. Once Paul came to his senses in his later life, you know what he said? Send me John Mark because he's what? Useful. Did John Mark change? Possibly. But I will lean more towards Paul's heart changed towards John Mark. Why? Because the more and more you read Paul's writing, the more and more he was drawing closer to Christ. Right? And the more and more he's drawn closer to Christ means more and more he's yoked up with Christ. 
And the more and more you start realizing, even though that person may start in the relationship being a burden to me, that everyone actually is purposeful in my life. Everyone is useful to me in some unique way. Even if I disagree with them, even if there's tension in a relationship, some way, somehow, they are creating me, in me, uh, more and more of the character of Jesus Christ. Therefore, they're profitable to me. Easy because he is kind. You see, when you yoke up with Jesus, remember I talked about the religious rulers and they enforcing and we being burdened by what we need to do religiously, right? But here's the cool thing. It is easy when we yoke up with him because he is kind in how he judges us. Romans, uh, Romans chapter uh, 2, verses 1 through 4, is the same word as kindness you find in verse 4. And it says this, Therefore, you have no excuse, every one of you, who passes judgment. For in that you, uh, you judge others. You condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. And we know that judgment, the judgment of God, uh, of God rightly falls upon those who practice such things. But do you suppose this, old man, when you pass judgment on those who practice such things and do the same thing yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience? Do you hear that? His kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to what? So see how that person who can have you on overload can somehow be useful to you? And then how you can then somehow rescue them as you continue to treat them what? Kindly. You see, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 also says that he is kind as we're growing The beautiful thing about this walk with Christ is that we are always growing, always maturing. And that's why 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, again, you have kindness in there in verse 3. It says this, Therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. If you have tasted the kindness of of the Lord. You see, one of the benefits of, of resting in Christ is when you rest in Christ, it becomes easy because he is kind towards us. He's, in kind, he's kind towards us. He, he looks at our sin. He deals with our sin. He rightly judges our sins. He doesn't keep us there, nor does he allow us to remain there, but he is kind in how he deals with us. But what normally happens is we remove ourselves from yoking up with him, and then we start then finding uh, this, this, our experiencing this feeling of condemnation, right? We start feeling guilt, right? All these things that somehow becomes... Uh, the tools of the enemy to make us weary and heavy laden. But all we need to do is make a choice to yoke back up with him. And he will give you rest. The last benefit of rest in Christ is also found in verse 30. My burden is what? Light. Two key words, the word burden means this, my obligation or the obligation of Christ that he lays on his followers. Remember, going back to the introduction, remember, and the setting, the setting of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, just putting all the burden of of what you should do and how you should do it and when you should do it and where you should do it and how much you should do it, right? Christ said, no, no, as you yoke up with me, I help you get it done because I'm going to help you fulfill the law. I'm going to help you fulfill it. But if you want to fulfill it burden-free, weary-free, you got to yoke up with me. 
Why? It's because the obligation that I lay upon you is light. It's light. The word light means this, easy to bear. So he lays this on, our, on the followers. That's the burden that he lays on you. But it's easier to bear when you're with him. Why? You see, it's light because Christ suffered for you and I. He's already did the suffering for you and I. He's already done the legwork for you and I. That's why 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 21 through 24 says this. For you have been called for this purpose since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we may die to sin and live righteously. Or live to right, live righteously, right? By, your, by his wounds, you were healed. It's light. It's light because Christ carried our sins. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteous, righteousness of God in him. And lastly, it's light because others have suffered. Listen, if you can't go back and read all of these verses in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4, but here's a few, which is verse 12, 15, and 17. It says that, so that death works in us, but life in what? You. Verse 15, for all of these things are for your sake. Verse 17, for momentary light afflictions is producing for us an eternal weight of glory. His benefit or the benefits of his rest, again, is that he makes it so easy for us. The wonderful thing that Christ does do for us is not allow us or cause us to jump through religious hoops. You know, he doesn't play church with us. And again, he makes it light. There's a responsibility, but he makes it light. There's an accountability that he gives, but he makes it light. You see, when you yoke up together, it's not, as you may know, it's not an egg yolk, right? But it's a, it's a harness. And historically, a farmer would never harness two immature or rookie, if you would, plow animals together. Why? Can, can, you, can you just imagine, you know, two adolescents just in the field? They're like, ah, what's this over there? What's that over there? What's, oh, you know, can you imagine just the lines in the field, Right? Just discovery, just the adolescent discovery or immaturity that it goes along with a person. But what the farmer did with great wisdom, always, always, always a more mature plowing animal breaks in the new one. Because the mature uh, plowing animal knows the field well. He's been there. He knows every rock, every stone, every dip, right? Every hole. He knows everything. He knows everything because he's been there before. And that's the benefit when you plow, you plow with Jesus, you plow through life with Jesus, right? He's been there before, right? Let me end with this example. So there was a, a guy who challenged a, another man to a, wood chopping contest and the one who is the challenger um, was working extremely hard and, uh, and all he did was he took a lunch break and he came back and he was chopping the wood chopping the wood chopping the wood chopping the wood but his challenger on the other hand took a lunch break casual lunch break <laughs> and he also took little mini breaks in between uh, but yet to the the 
challenger's amazement, the one that he challenged out-chopped him and chopped more wood than he did, even though he took more breaks than he did. So the guy uh, who lost and, and really called the other guy out said, hey, you got to tell me, how in the world did you chop more wood than I did? I saw you take a lunch break, and I saw you taking more breaks than I did. How can you, you know, it just doesn't make sense. How could you chop more wood than I did? He says, what you, what you didn't notice was when I was taking the breaks, I was sharpening my axe. You see, the interesting thing about this is this, this illustration is so many times we'll go, 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 go. And what you don't realize is we live in a dissimilar material world. In other words, the more you chop, chop wood, that axe is going to get dull. It's going to get dull. You will get dull. So it doesn't mean that you just randomly take breaks. But as you see, the one who won the wood chopping contest, while he was chopping, uh, taking his breaks from chopping wood, he was sharpening his instrument. So the question is, when you take breaks, who are you spending time with? You see, most people in the body of Christ, you know what we do? Well, I need to take a break. I need to take a break. I need to get away from it all. I need a vacation. Who are you spending time with? Most people... Don't pack Jesus with them. He's like, I'm on vacation. I'm on vacation from you, Jesus. I'm on vacation for everything associated with you, Jesus. Right? Being funny, but you know, you know the deal, right? It's like, I'm on a boat and Jesus nowhere to be found. Until a storm hits your boat, right? Oh! <laughs> right? You know, we are just away in our world doing whatever we want, and Jesus is nowhere to be. Oh, shucks, I forgot my Bible. You know what I mean? Everything. <laughs> Everything associated with Jesus, you know? Well, I'm not wearing a cross, you know, because it'll go with my baby suit, you know? <laughs> Everything that makes us and almost like sharpens us uh, in life, we just leave it behind because we are away. <laughs> but the difference is we need to take a break, but we can't take a break from whom? Jesus. So when you take a break, do you bring Jesus with you? When you take a break, who else are you around? Do you take a break and you say, hey, I'm just going to hang out with some of my friends and chill and just do what I want to do. And, and you come back duller than you were. Remember Proverbs 27:17. Iron sharpens iron. The one man sharpens another man's countenance. God stopped swinging the axe. So you can't get sharp. I love my wife so much because she's so tolerant. And I say this because it seems like no matter if I take a break. Somehow Jesus always sets me up. Minding my own business. And I can give you countless stories in our month away. It's like. She used to get really aggravated by it because random people would just walk up to me and just, it's like, now, do I not say anything? Do I not bring Jesus? They don't know I'm a pastor. But for some reason, Jesus is saying, nah, you can't leave me out of this. So again, there's multiple ways you bring Jesus, right? You bring Jesus that there's an intentional coming away 
And like he did with the father, he was with the father. So you go be with the father and you go be with Jesus. Another way you bring Jesus with you is you still are walking in the spirit. You're still sensitive to his voice. You're still sensitive to what he's doing in the hearts of people around you. And you still make yourself available to him. Give you one final story from vacation. And there's multiple. So some of you may may not know, we were in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Beautiful place. If you ever want to go on vacation, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, like the fingerprint of God in the midst of Idaho. It, it really is. Um, and and it, I was, we were, if you were drawn there because um, my college team, Washington State University, was having a reunion um, and, it, and it was surrounded by our, our college coach. That whoever he recruited, they said, hey, can you come and just kind of pay homage to him and get to see each other, blah, blah, blah. So over 100 or some of us went there. A couple of things happened. Was we were in a bar, and just for the record, I don't drink. And, um, but I'm mature enough that I can be there and not be there. So I was there, and what I normally have is my cranberry juice, maybe with some Sprite, maybe with some... Uh, ginger ale and some lime and I'm sitting there talking to guys I haven't seen in, to almost, in almost 40 years. I walk in, most of them even know, hey, you're a pastor, you're a rapper, you're, you're a minister. I'm like, yeah, yeah, how do you know? How do you know? How do you know? And all these guys <laughs> like, like, hey, and coming to me and sharing their hearts with me and I'm like, okay, apparently I'm not off. <laughs> it, was, it was clear that I'm not off. You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, well, let me talk to you. And let me share with you. And, you know, what are you doing? How's the church? Tell me about your church. And, and I'm just in quarterly in Idaho. So they were kicking us out of the bar. And um, lo and behold, there was this two ladies and this guy. And this guy says, go Cougs. And, he had, and he's a Cougar fan. And he, Washington State Cougars. And he lifts up his sleeve or his sh- shoulder. He has the Washington State Cougar logo on it. He says, yeah, I'm from Pullman. He goes on and on and on. I love the Cougars. I said, cool, that's great. And then the young lady he was with, she said, so tell me your story. I'm like, (laughs) I'm about to leave. What do you mean? Because Lisa was up in a hotel room, and I'm like, I'm trying to get up to her. I'm like exiting, saying bye to everybody. And I sat down and started from Compton, California, and told him my whole story and ended with, and now I'm a pastor. Oh my God, you're a pastor? I mean, everything else is like they didn't pay, pay attention to. Oh, you're a pastor? Really? Well, he, listen, he used to be a youth pastor. And he just kind of puts his head down. And before you know it, I'm just sharing my heart. And one of the young ladies starts crying and says, everything you're saying it's everything we talked about before you sat at the table. And I'm, I'm talking a little more. And the other lady was crying. She said, you got to meet my husband. He's on his way. So I kind of prolonged things. We get in the lobby. He comes, continue to talk. We end up, <laughs> they said, so do you have a church like nearby? I'm like, no, no. And she says, well, we can watch you online, right? I said, yeah, yeah. She said, well, you're my pastor now. Just randomly said, you're my pastor. I'm like, okay. (laughs) So I guess I better start shepherding them. Seriously, I'm like, oh, okay. And so this is probably 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. In the middle of this lobby, hotel lobby, I huddle up with four strangers and pray over them as their pastor. I had a choice to bring Jesus with me or not. Not saying that that happens all the time, you follow me? But if we're not available, we can't serve people 
people need to be serving. And I think a lot of times in that, I've noticed in my own heart, those moments like that also bring me rest. Because it's like I'm where you want me to be. You have assigned me to be in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho at this time in this hotel for these people because you love me and you love them. And there's no greater form of rest that you could ever find is being in a sweet spot with Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much because you love us. And you sent Jesus to give us complete rest. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that your people through this series will find rest for their souls. If today you've been looking for rest in some other way, if you're watching or if you're here today, just want to encourage you because it only comes in Jesus. And everything I, I'm sharing with you today, it actually, it comes with a caveat and the caveat is ultimately if you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, if the king doesn't rule your heart, it's impossible to really rest in him. You're choosing to live under your own strength, your own power, your own knowledge, your own intellect, whatever it may be. But today, if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I'd like to give you that opportunity just to surrender your life to him so the rest can begin. This is the way you can do it. It's just a simple prayer of invitation, really more so of you inviting Christ into your life to rule and to reign your heart. Could you just simply pray this prayer with me? Just say, Jesus, forgive me because I've chosen to live my life apart from you from uh, up until now. But I realize that you came to die for me, Jesus. You were buried for me. You rose again from the grave for me. Jesus, please come into my heart, my life, to rule, to reign, and to give me rest. But today, if you've already prayed a prayer similar to that and maybe rest eludes you or maybe you've mismanaged your life, um, this is a great time for you to just recalibrate yourself with him. So as the worship team closes us out in this song, I just want to permit you that maybe it means just standing and walking forward and just laying your burdens down, those things that weary you at the foot of the cross. And you could just, just imagine that the altar is the foot of the cross. Or if you can't kneel and your post, that posture is difficult for you, we have the prayer walls up here. Maybe you can just write something and just confessing it before God and laying your burdens and those things that wear you down. If you're at home, you can do the same thing. And let's just believe together as we just take our time through worship. And as you saw and experienced today, the worship, the songs are reflective. They're, they're slowing us down so we can engage with the Father. Lord, speak to us. Jesus, we come to you and we need your rest. Thank you again for listening to Pastor Cedric of Commitment Church. If you would like to learn more about Jesus Christ, please visit our website, www.commitmentchurch.org. This website will walk you through having a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Please let us know if you have made a decision to follow Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, or if you would like to support God's Word through this ministry by visiting www.commitmentchurch.org. 
You can also visit loveallnations.org for more information and to receive encouraging videos. Lastly, if you or your family reside in the South Jersey area, please visit us at 2 Berlin Road South, Lindenwald, New Jersey, 08021. May God bless you and have a wonderful day.